the other day, somebody asked me a question and I paused because my initial reaction was that I was going to give some sort of bullshit excuse because the reality is I, in that particular question that was being asked, I hadn't delivered the results that I was hoping to deliver. How often do you do this? How often when someone says, what's going on with this, you come up with a story, you tell yourself some sort of story that gets you feeling a little bit better in that moment. Now, I've done this hundreds, thousands of times, who knows, over my life. But the reality is there are certain lies that we tell ourselves. There are certain things that we say that frankly just don't matter. Oh, I can't develop my body. Oh, I'm too old. Oh, I can't do this or that. Whatever it is, we constantly tell ourselves these things and we are just drugging ourselves because we don't want to face the truth. And the truth is we haven't applied the right techniques, the right tactics, the right strategies that have worked for our lives. Now, maybe, sure, you lost 20 pounds before and you gained 20 back. Maybe you lost 30 and you gained 40. Why haven't you evolved? Well, it has nothing to do with your age. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're a mom, a dad, a busy professional, whatever it is that you're telling yourself, it all has to do with the fact that you haven't figured it out yet. On today's Evolve podcast, we're going to discuss this concept. We are going to share some amazing results with you. And we're going to go through and just let this be like a charcuterie board of topics. You're going to get a little bit of cheese, a little bit of nuts. You're going to get a little bit of meat. And uh, I don't know, who knows what else is in there. That's today on this episode of the Evolve Podcast. Welcome to the Evolve Podcast. Evolve your body, evolve your mind, evolve your soul, and evolve your tribe. And now it's time to disrupt. And with that, folks, we want to welcome you back to the Evolve Podcast, where evolved men and women come to disrupt, connect, and get inspired. Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Med One Capital, for sponsoring the Evolve Podcast. We appreciate the support. The Med One Group exists for the sole purpose of making needed medical equipment available to the healthcare industry. You can find more information at medonegroup.com. Now, I'm really excited about this the next piece because for our local listeners, so we are located in Sandy, Utah. We are an independent podcast. And for our local listeners, we've got a special deal through the month of September. We have partnered with our friends at Nautical Bulls in Sandy, Utah, and they are doing a promo for all of the Evolve listeners. Now, if you go into the Sandy location, which is about 21st South and 90, or excuse me, 21st East, 21st East and 94th South. I can't even get that out today. In the Smith's parking lot, you'll see nautical bowls. And you can use the code EVOLVEBOGO for a buy one, get one free acai bowl. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but for many, many years, I resisted the idea of getting an acai bowl. I've had these before, and I frankly have never enjoyed them until I went to nautical bowls. Now, let me be clear. Nautical Bulls is not paying me to say this. I actually went to them and said, I love your stuff so much. I want to give a gift to my listeners. What can we do? And so I want to thank Lene and Noah for giving us this amazing gift for our listeners. Use the code EVOLVEBOGO when you go in, and they are going to give you a buy one, get one. It's an amazing gift. And again, thank you, Lene and Noah, for letting us do this. Now, guys, I'm really excited today because joining me in the newly 
remodeled, renovated, and updated, Evolve Studio is the one, the only queen of glutes herself, Shelby Castleton. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to you. I'm welcome welcome you onto your own podcast. (laughs) Thank you for welcoming me into my studio and onto the podcast. It's great to have you here in the studio great to be in the studio. I mean, let's be honest. We've done a lot in the studio. Uh, for those of uh, our listeners that follow our social media accounts, you'll notice a change in the tonality of some of the posts that we put out there because we are shooting those in the Evolve studio. And we're shooting this podcast. Uh, this is the first ever shoot in the studio with the Evolve podcast. So excited! thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. Now, let's talk real quick because I, I want to talk. This is going to be a as I said, a charcuterie board. I don't even know if that's the right way to describe it, but that's, it's my podcast. And that's what I'm saying. It's a smorgasbord. Ooh, that's even more German. I like that. So I want to start with the acai bowls. (laughs) Cause we were talking before we started the recording. I think we're both addicted to these. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I uh, have to resist on the daily going. They're so good. The beach bowl. That's my favorite. The beach bowl. Get the beach bowl. Heaven. Now, see, I I like the uh, the naughty bowl. Mm, that it's short delicious. for nautical. It's not like oh, you're a naughty person, but I love that one because they grind the peanut butter up mm-hmm. in the bowl, right? And it's amazing. I mean, the now most people when they go to a a uh, acai place, they're having these big like soupy bowls, right? And this is more like an oh. ice cream type of yeah. thing. So good. There's no soy. Those there's no dairy. There's no gluten. Gluten-free. These things are amazing. And I don't eat a lot of treats. I just, in general, it's not that I don't like them. I, I love treats. This is one of those things that I eat. And afterwards, I still feel amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely amazing. I feel better, to be yeah. honest. Actually, you need to try, I don't know if your bowl, I don't think it does. But they have these coconut butter crumbles. Oh, yes. Mm, I could eat just a bowl of those. So yeah. Good. I had a bite of my wife's the other day that had those in a, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So we're addicted and that's actually closer to your house than it is to mine. So you'd have to resist even more. Yeah. We should probably go after this. I think we need to. Yeah. But as soon as we're done, we're going to go get some nautical bowls. Well, for our listeners again, um, go use the code evolve BOGO uh, and pick up a a nautical bowl. Now you said something Shelby, because today when we're recording this episode, it's the start of the football season here in Utah. I'm a huge university of Utah fan. Mm -hmm. Um, My blood bleeds red as they say, but you grew up uh, rooting for the the team down South, as we say here in Utah. I did. I grew up a BYU fan through and through and wow. actually attended every BYU possible. So did you really? <laughs> yeah, I did. Like I say every call BYU college. Yeah, yeah. So I started at Idaho. I did one winter there and said, absolutely not. That's this a is, cold, cold place. This is not for me. I'm a California girl in Idaho. I remember opening my door. It was, I think like negative something with the wind chill. It was definitely in the negatives. Opened my door, took one step, and just said, "Not today." No way. And I turned around and I went back to bed because it was so cold. What's it? It's uh in Idaho. What What's the name of it? Rexburg. In Rexburg, right? yeah. So it's about what halfway up the state. I think. I mean, it's pretty cold. It's it's very cold. I've never felt 
anything like it. Everything freezes. Your nose hairs freeze and then you walk in a building and then it unfreezes and then your nose is just like running. Your eyelashes freeze, your hair freezes. Frozen snow. It is so cold. The eyelash freezing is something I experienced for the first time uh, on a work trip to Minnesota. Yeah. It's it not. was so cold. I walked outside and I had some friends. It was one of my first trips, business trips to Minnesota in the in the middle of the winter. And I think it was negative 10, negative oh, 15. Yeah. And then with the wind, wind chill and everything, it dropped it down to about negative oh, 30. Yeah. And I had some friends say, hey, when you wake up in the morning, you're going to have to go get your car, like break into your car. Mm. And then once you break into your car, you're going to have to start it and let it sit there for about 30 to 40 minutes yes. in order for it to defrost. Mm -hmm. I thought that was crazy. Well, sure enough, I go outside and here are a bunch of business travelers like myself in their pajamas and walking out to the car and you've got to hack away oh. with the business card or whatever you can to get in. I'm being triggered right now. This is triggering yeah, me. I apologize. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Yes. Calm yourself. Okay. Um, so then I get in the car, I turn it on and everybody does the same thing. You turn it on, you go back in, you shower, you get ready for the day. Mm -hmm. You just leave your car on. Yeah. Everybody because that's the it. only thing that you can do to actually have everything melt before right. you go and do your thing. Um, somebody asked me one day, they're like, well, would somebody come and steal your car? I'm like, for what? Like, right. and, and where would they go? Yeah. By the time you get out there, the car is just barely warmed up for you to go anywhere. Right. And who's just driving around to go steal another yeah. car? It, it said, no. you, you don't understand until yeah. you're there and you feel that type of cold. It's just crazy. Yeah. All right. So you were in, um, was it BYU-Idaho at the time? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, it's BYU-Idaho, yeah. So when I got, I got a scholarship there. I turned it down and I didn't go there, but at mm -hmm. the time it was called Rick's College. Yeah, Rick's. It was still the same My thing. My siblings all went to Rick's. Okay. And then it was, yeah, so I actually got a free ride um, for music there. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. What did yeah. you do? Uh, so I play the upright bass in the jazz band. Oh, that was, right on. Yeah, that's what I did. So, um, but I did one winter and I said, not for me. So then I transferred to Hawaii and BYU Hawaii. My best life. I failed all of school, but hey, it was the best year of my life. It so. if you fail in school, but you're living in Hawaii, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's okay. Hey, well, it was go to the beach and watch the boys surf and competitions <laughs> or go to class. Right. It wasn't easy. Yeah, that's a tough decision. And I actually I didn't tell my parents, but I changed my major to Hawaiian studies. So I could take like hula and I could take all the really fun classes. So you could go study the Hawaiian boys. Exactly. Good. And yeah. literally all you can do with that major is teach Hawaiian studies at BYU Hawaii. So, Oh, good. Yeah. My parents were not thrilled when I told them that I did that. So, so you've shifted Hawaii. careers. You're not going towards Hawaiian yeah. studies to no. teach at BYU Hawaii. Unfortunately. Yeah. Now you've, you, you're, you're yes. in a different, uh, different realm. path. Now you had a, you had a dream back in the day because you had a doll, right? I did. So yeah. tell our listeners about this amazing dream doll. That yes. You had. So we would go around to BYU football games and I can't remember where I got her, but she was a BYU cheerleader Barbie. And that wow. was my dream was to be a cougar cheerleader someday. I and didn't even know that that yes. existed. Yes. I had no idea that there was a BYU. Oh Yeah. She Barbie. was adorable and she had, cause they wear like long sleeves. Yes. And so she had the full long sleeve top and the little cheerleader skirt with the big BYU on it. And it was, she was, she was great. Well, yeah. you didn't quite make it. Didn't quite make it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Didn't quite make it. And then I married into a diehard Ute 
family. So yeah, here we are. Now I have converted to bread. But you know. now for for anybody that doesn't understand the deep rivalry between oh, Utah and BYU, I mean it's it's like a uh, when it comes to rivalry week, mm-hmm. Michigan and um, Ohio, right, or Ohio State. That's a pretty big one. As far as passion and uh, almost hatred yeah, of the different teams, that Utah BYU is is one of the top yeah. rivalries out there. Yeah. I remember as a kid, uh, I I realized that one of my friends in elementary school was a BYU fan, and I was so offended. I was so upset, and I looked at him. I I said, so Keith, funny. I don't even know if I can be your friend anymore. He's like, well, That's and funny. so we started arguing back and forth between who was better, Utah or yeah. BYU. And I finally said, because I had no idea where BYU was. This is how dumb and young we were. I had no idea that it was actually in the state of Utah. Utah, Yeah. Like I just, you know, Utah, Mm -hmm. University of Utah, it's in Utah, right? Right. That just made sense to my young mind. I finally ended the the fight by looking at him and saying, well, if you like it so much, why don't you move to BYU? Thinking that this was in some far off land. Well, and he goes, well, Utah County can. I mean, it really kind of is. Yeah, that's true. Just kidding. <laughs> and he looked at me, he goes, well, I've been talking to my dad about that. We might, we might. That's and then I kind of felt hilarious. bad. I thought, oh, well. Oh. And then the next day we were playing yeah. basketball together on that's the, true. yeah, we were okay. Yeah. Well, you should, in watching a game when they played each other with, I got to sit through the game with my dad, who is a diehard BYU fan. So he still is. Oh yeah. Still is to this day. Does your dad and your husband, do they talk to each other? Um, it got a little rough at times, but we survived and yeah, it's, it's more of a joke. Now we can laugh about it, but it was a little, a little rocky there for a minute, but no, it's, I laugh at BYU all the time. So it's okay. okay. Oh yeah. yeah. We can. They, they teased each other the whole game, so that was good. But, that's great. But My fun. oldest brother, we disowned him for a while mm-hmm. because he yes. graduated from the University of Utah with his bachelor's, and he went to law school at BYU. Uh, yes, they do have a great law program. I remember calling him up, and I said, what are you doing? You're betraying the family. Oh, it felt, yeah. We have a history, Curious. like generations back, of yes. going to the University that's of so Utah. Funny. And so uh, it took me a while to get over that. I not, and I'm not even joking about it. I I could not believe that he would betray the family to go to this other school. I know, I get it. So he didn't become the BYU Barbie. Um, he wasn't BYU cheerleader Barbie, but you know it's okay. I and then I did also attend Provo for a second, but you know, so I tried them all. Hawaii there you was, go. Hawaii was my favorite by far, but yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, seasiders for life, but. Cold, hot, and then semi-hot cold. Yeah. 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 Well, let's talk Barbie. Um, not really Barbie, mm-hmm. but Barbie is an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. When you think about Barbie, um, it, she became the icon for people right. to look at. There was a an image, a body image that people would look at and say, okay, you got to look like Barbie, mm-hmm. right? Now, the good and the bad is men or women always look towards some sort of idea or some sort of icon. Uh, You know, men looked up to Superman when they were a kid. I mean, heck, I saw a guy at the gym yesterday that was probably 10 years older than me, and he's still wearing a Superman T-shirt. Maybe a little bit off-putting, but uh, still. You look up to icons and idols when you're younger, and Barbie, for a lot of women, became Mm -hmm. the ideal shape, look, that, that women go after. Now, 
I have no problem with aspiration. I have no problem with goals. I have no problem with looking at something and saying, hey, I want to achieve that. The biggest challenge, though, is that over time, we have this icon in our minds. Mm -hmm. And when we grow up and we maybe don't look that way, we're not quite sure what to do. And in a way, it creates this dysmorphic feeling. I shouldn't say it creates, but it can create, right? Or it can plant a seed of a dysmorphic perspective Mm -hmm. on the body. And this was a conversation we were having the other day about just overall change and transformation in the body and why it's so difficult for so many people. Now, I've been doing this for, gosh, almost 25 years, where I've been working with people, helping them to improve, change, and transform. And one of the things that I invariably find is that at a certain point in transformation, people have a hard time seeing that they've actually transformed. And for our listeners who haven't listened to the previous episodes that we just put out, in fact, two episodes ago, we interviewed David Robson, who wrote the book, The Expectation Effect. And David Robson references some work done by Moshi Barr, where he says that the brain is essentially a prediction machine. We don't see things as they are. We take our past, we take the things that are inside of us, beliefs, you know, uh, ideas, and then the third element of this equation of what we see and experience in life is what's out there. So we're taking these two other things that really have nothing to do with reality, past or our perception of past, how we believe, and then we're putting that with data that comes to us from our the visual field. And the reality is it's not just a, uh, th- you know, two thirds of what we see comes from the inside. It's actually more like 80 to 90% of our decision-making, maybe even as much as 95% comes from our internal belief and our previous history. So what I found is that as people start to make some of these changes and transformations, they'll look in the mirror and let's say that someone's lost 20 or 30 pounds. I've heard them tell me that they're still seeing the fat kid there. Mm -hmm. They're like, I'm still the fat kid from when I was younger. I'm still this. Have you experienced that with clients before? Oh yeah, definitely. Especially more so with women too. Um, I definitely have experienced that, but I, I just remind them like take pictures Yeah. or I will record them and I just have to show them like, watch this, <laughs> like, look, see, there is such a change, such a difference, but they do have such a hard time. And I experienced it too. I mean, we were talking about how you and I both have definitely gone through that, Yeah. but it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's a real, it's a real thing. So it's really hard to get away from because it's our it's our beliefs and the things that we've experienced in the past that they they create the emotion around it, mm-hmm. right? And it's the emotion that roots us, that makes us feel like, okay, this is what I am. And a good friend of mine, Todd Sylvester, he has always said that whatever follows I am follows mm-hmm. us. And so if I am this image that I see in my mind, well, that will follow us, mm-hmm. even if we've made these changes. I like how you talk about uh, pictures and videos, because those are things that uh, like that becomes data that a person mm-hmm. can look at and say, oh, I really have changed. I can't believe that. Yeah. Now, recently, we, uh, with launching our Dream Glute Guide, mm-hmm. we said, hey, we think it would be a lot of fun to just get a few people in person once a week. And then they use the Dream Glute Guide on the other two days a week. Um, one, just because we like helping people. Yeah. and too, because it was fun. Yeah. yeah. Like that was it. But we also had a question. We thought, well, hey, what would happen if we took some measurements, we took some photos before, and then as they were going through, we just tracked the progress. I got to say, I mean, I was astounded. Blown I was away. blown yes. away 
at the changes. And so it wasn't just like photos, mm -hmm. but it was pure numbers. It was looking at something and saying, holy cow, like unbelievable changes. What, what, what shocked, surprised, or amazed you the most? Oh my gosh. The inches that were gained were incredible on average, what? Three inches. Yeah. The average was three. Oops. Right. It's crazy. That's so incredible. But, um, and, and the funny thing is that that was around the eight week mark. That yeah, was that the average. The so 12. we haven't even done the full 12 no. week thing. It's crazy. And they were shocked. Yeah. They were blown away. Yeah. They couldn't believe it. And if I hadn't measured myself, I'd have been like, what? But you could see it. You could visibly see it. Right. And a lot of them were like, oh, I don't know. I don't really. And then like, once you show them the measuring tape, they're like, oh yeah, like I do see that. Like then it just builds that confidence yep. and they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Like it's not just my mind like playing tricks on me. I really have grown that much. So I got to tell you from my perspective, how this all went down. Um, so for privacy sake, Shelby would take the girls into the locker room and just do the measurements. And, you know, so yes, as each one would come back out, <laughs> I'd say, Hey, how, how did it go? I gained three inches. I gained two inches. I gained three and a half. I gained four. Yeah. And I'm hearing this and their eyes just changed. They're mm -hmm. lighting up. The confidence was, was amazing. And then when you came uh, out after measuring everybody, mm -hmm. now they started to recognize not just that they had made the change, but the comments were, well, I did notice that I had to, mm -hmm. I'm feeling out my pants a little yeah. bit more. Oh, my husband did tell me the yeah. other day that my, my butt looks different. Oh, well, I did have to go buy different pants. Buy good shorts for girls. Yeah. With butts. And, that, and then that became, it was almost like workout, but not really workout. It was yeah. workout, but Hey, Shelby, where do we buy yeah. shorts that fit our waistline? That's yeah. now like the average person saw a half an inch decrease yeah. in their waistline. Right. Yes. So where do I get something that's smaller in the waist, but yeah. bigger in the glutes? So now they feel like they're like, they're like, Oh, I am in this club like this. Yeah you know, this big butt girl club, like they, right. you could just, it was so fun to see. It was so fun. And even their confidence, like, I mean, you saw it just their body language, and totally different the way they talked about themselves yep. and they just kept commenting on each other's butts. No, yours has gotten bigger. No, yours has like, it was just so fun. And just pointing out, they're like, yeah, but look at yours. Yours is more lifted yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, but you've got that. You know how Steve was talking about, you get that C shape on yeah. the side. You have that. And so you know, it's so like, they're starting to point these yeah. things out and yeah. it was really cool. Another thing that I thought was really funny was, um, and we all do this, right? Mm -hmm. We all discount ourselves Oh, totally. and we, we kind of dismiss when we're mm -hmm. good at something we dismiss. I do this all the time. I'm like horrible Oh, I'm the when it comes to, uh, if somebody says, Hey, you're good at this. Like I was having a conversation with a, a client, a friend the other day, and he had made a comment and he's like, how do you retain all this information? How do you know this and this and this? I'm like, I just work hard. And he goes, eh. and he challenged me on my thought process. And I realized in that moment, I'm like, I'm doing the same thing that I tell other people not to do. And that's just like discounting, mm -hmm. you know, what somebody else perceives as a strength. Right. So we discount ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So at the very beginning, I noticed everybody showed up in pretty baggy clothes, mm -hmm. big shirts, big sweatshirts, maybe not the, you know, the, the, the tight leggings, mm -hmm. right? And then about four, five, six weeks in the wardrobe changed. Mm -hmm. What did you see? Oh yeah. So it started with, um, yeah, like oversized tees and like 
still wore leggings or whatnot, but then as time went on, the shirts got a little smaller, yeah. a little more skin was showing. And then I started getting, so where do you buy those booty shorts? Right. And okay. About week eight, <laughs> how many girls showed up in like the cinch, like booty how many didn't, right? I don't think anybody was not there. Yeah. And everyone looked so good and they were just rocking it. And they just, the confidence was so fun to see. Like, because I mean, we saw it before, like they're amazing and they were strong before and they right. were beautiful before, yep. but just like the confidence and them seeing it, that's what just was so great for me was for them to see how amazing they are yeah. and how strong they are. And half the time, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it, but with like the strength aspect, mm -hmm. none of them believed that they could push. No, nobody. What they could. Nobody believed it. They're like, I can't do that. Right. And it's like, yeah, you can't. Well, and the cool thing is, you know, everybody knows your legendary lifts and that mm -hmm. you're, you know, almost up there to like 500 pounds on, mm -hmm. on the hip thrust. Everybody there knew that that was, mm -hmm. they came because they know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. They've seen your change and transformation, which is phenomenal. And they said, oh, but I could never be like Shelby. I can never lift heavy weights. And so they were again, discounting themselves right. about eight weeks in, I think, mm -hmm. as you said, people started to dress different. The confidence was there. Yeah. They just walk different. Yeah. They felt better about themselves. They're like badasses. And I want to pause for just a second because we've done something in our society and especially in America. I don't know about other places, mm -hmm. but we've done something in America where we've gotten, we, we've created this enemy to a certain degree. We've created enmity. We've created almost a, um, an alternative morality when it comes to aesthetics. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at great societies in the past, every society that thrived focused on the aesthetic nature of what they were building. Buildings were beautiful. You know, go to Europe, travel around through some of these countries that had put pride into their churches, their cathedrals. I mean, hell, you can go, I, is Chicago. You go to Chicago and you look at some of the places in Chicago. When Chicago was rebuilt after the fire, the architecture was stunning. The waterworks buildings, the places where nothing really goes on there. You're not going there for a concert. You just walk. It's like, oh, that's the water plant. But it looks better than any building, right? So we are also wired for beauty. I mean, when's the last time that you ever heard somebody say, oh, I'm really excited. I'm going to go to the uh, subway and the sewers of New York because it really looks ugly. And yeah. Nobody does. You go to a beach, you go to a, a mountain, right? right? And so we're wired towards beauty. But yet in our society, we have told people that if you value beauty and aesthetics, if you go after that, that somehow you're vain. I fundamentally disagree. And I would love to debate anybody. I've actually thrown this out there multiple times. Come and debate your moral judgment with me. And I guarantee I will con I will convince you otherwise. I've never had anybody take me up on that, so I'm going to throw it out there again. If anybody wants to debate the morality of, you know, going after visual beauty, I will show you time and time again societies throughout the world that valued that. Now, vainness, okay, so let's go there for a second. Vain means that we are so in love with ourselves that we just don't do anything else, right? We make all of our decisions based off of vanity and, oh, look at me. None of these women, as they changed their shape, their strength, 
and the way that they were showing up became a vain person, right? Right. They were the same amazing human beings. Mm -hmm. The only difference is now they have confidence in the way that they look. So I just want to get that out on the table. As an artist, I have never tried to paint, craft, or create anything that was ugly. But for some reason, we in our society that we're creating this idea that if you go after beauty and aesthetics, that something's wrong. It's bullshit. Absolute bullshit. I don't agree with it at all. Let's go to the strength piece and some of the other data, right? So um, we know that there were changes, physical changes, there were um, confidence changes, and there were measurement changes. But I think where we saw the high fives, the jumping up and down, the, yes. you know, the crazy, crazy, like hyped up text messages on our, on the text stream was hitting high points. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even say it, but there was a thing that started, which became the 300 Club. Mm-hmm. Now, for a lot of people, when we started the program, they were hip thrusting at about anywhere between 95 to 135. Now I said, I think some were maybe 155 to 175, but most people were averaging around 135 pounds in hip thrust. There became a thing. And that thing was, I need to hit the 300 club. Yes. What did you see? Oh yeah, it was really fun. And that was, that was really all them because I didn't want to put any pressure on them to have to hit right. a certain amount, or I didn't want them to no feel given like, goals. No, yeah. not at all. Or even for them to feel like it's hard because with me hip thrusting so much, you know, I hate, I hate when they would do this or when anyone does this, when, you know, they'll tell me they're so excited about their high point and they're like, oh, well, it's not 500. And I'm like, right. I'm so stoked for you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's incredible for you. And I'm so happy. I was there one time. Right. You know, I was hip thrusting 95 pounds and I was stoked when I hit that. When I hit, when I got over a hundred, I was stoked and it's taken me years. So, you know, don't discredit yourself because that's amazing. You're just starting out. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was just so fun. Like, so I didn't want to put any pressure on them to hit a certain number Mm -hmm. that was just, you know, once they started and they started getting so much stronger, then they just started pushing themselves and each other and they would push each other and be like, Oh no, 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 no. Let's, let's throw 25 more on. Yeah. Or they would be like, I know you can get one more rep, like, come on, you know? And so it was just so fun to see them really help each other out. And get so excited for each other. And, um, yeah, I loved it. Well, I think it's, it's rewarding when you're coaching somebody, when you're helping them through something, Mm -hmm. when they start to mirror back your words. And that was the thing that I loved the most is they would look at somebody else that was hip thrusting or whatever. And they would say, Oh, but remember what Shelby said. Mm -hmm. Oh, but remember Steve said that. Oh, Mm -hmm. but remember, yes, you can do more. You have more in you. And they would start to coach each other and you just created this tribal mentality Mm -hmm. that was so amazing to see. So not only were they getting great results, but they created this great bond, Mm -hmm. um, along the way. And I think that's one of the great things that, um, physical movement exercise can do for people. You know, in fact, my recommendation, if somebody said, Steve, what would you recommend? Okay. How should I, if I were to get the dream glute guide, how should I do it? And the first thing I would tell you is find five people that you do it with. Yeah. Like buy the program and all go do it together. Mm -hmm. Go do it so you can all track your progress, but get five people that you are doing it with. Because when you do that, what happens is now you have people that you are challenging yourself with. And there is nothing better 
than the energy of a group, the energy of a crowd. You know, we started off talking about Utah and BYU and football. I love watching the games, mm -hmm. but there's a massive difference between watching the game in, in my uh, room with big TV and being at a stadium. Oh yeah. The energy, the energy. is same. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Right. I mean, even to the point where like you can get caught up in that energy and do stupid things. I've yeah. known people that have gotten arrested from getting in fights. And I'm like, dude, yeah. that was not you. Can, you you but can feel the energy. Yeah. You feel it. You do. It's, you feel it on your skin. Yes. Yeah. So fun. There's that same feeling when you get a group of people doing something together because there's that energy that just boosts up. In fact, I remember one night everybody came in and they were pretty low energy. I don't know what it was. Maybe the moon was off or what, what was going on. And what was cool is that the group energy then changed as we challenged them a little bit. And we said, okay, this is not really like, there's not this high energy thing. Yeah. Let's go heavy. And little by little, everybody's pushing just a little mm -hmm. bit. Oh, I don't have a lot of energy. You don't need a lot of energy to go heavy. Right. In fact, uh, I think it was Megan, right. Mm -hmm. That had a cold yeah. one night had been battling with this, uh, you know, summer cold, summer flu. And she came in, she's like, oh, I was so close to 400, but I haven't been feeling well. I'm like, awesome. That's a great time to go heavy. Mm -hmm. You don't need a ton of energy. You just, because you got the strength to do it. She's like, really? I don't know. I, so yeah. just prove me right, prove me wrong. Just give it a shot. So she got under the bar at 405, mm -hmm. first time ever. And she hit the 400 club yeah. and did it with a head cold. Yeah. And I, I actually saw her at the gym today. She came bouncing in. She's like, hey, you know, <laughs> super excited, feeling a lot better yeah. and probably feeling on like cloud nine because she hit yeah. the 400 club. So, awesome. so having a tribe or having a group, I think is, is critical. So if people are around you, they can then help to push you more, but they also help to mirror you more. Right. And this comes back to this idea of when you improve, it's really tough to see your own strengths. It's really tough to clarify those strengths. Now, I learned something years ago. For our listeners who don't know this, I you know, love visual art. So I draw, I paint, I sculpt. Um, I do a wide variety of visual arts. The number one thing I learned back in early drawing and, and sculpting classes was everything is a point of reference. And so when you see somebody and they take their thumb out or they take a pencil and they're measuring and they're like, okay, what's the relationship to this and that? They do that for a reason, because when we see things in the visual field, we're always going off of frame of reference. So here's how the brain works when we do this to ourselves. So if I have a part of my body that I don't like, so let's say that I don't like my butt or I don't like my midsection. When I look in the mirror, that's the first thing I look at. Now, everything else in my body, I look at uh, relative to that frame of reference. And so what happens when you go back to what David Robson talked about is Every time we look in the mirror, we then only see things based off of that negative frame of reference. So years ago, I had a client come to me and she said, and this is probably 20 years ago. She said, I want to get in shape for my wedding. I want to you know, get leaner. This is the dress that I'm looking to get into. I want to get smaller. I want to have you know, better shoulders, a better back. And I said, awesome, cool. So here's what we're going to do. So we start training. Um, we start to uncover this little athlete inside of her. And she was one that was very prim and proper and very much like, oh, I only do these things and I've never been athletic. And yet as she's building her back and her shoulders and getting leaner and stronger, all of a sudden something clicked and she just became more athletic, but she could never see it. 
And I would say, look at you, like you are an athlete now. No, 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 I'm not an athlete, no. Like, no, 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 really you are. And so finally one day, I just, I was done with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not taking this garbage anymore of you not yeah. believing me. I said, look, I'm your coach, right? Yeah. You think I get paid to lie to you? No. I said, hold right here for one second. I walk across the gym. I go grab my six foot seven basketball player. I said, come here. Can you do something for me? He's like, yeah, whatever. So he comes across. I said, hey, I introduced the two of them. I said, so he's uh, all state, all American basketball player. Um, now I look at her and I say, do the exercise we were just doing. She does it. I look at him. What do you think? He goes, I can't even do that. She gets off. I said, now, basketball player, would you say that's an athletic move? He's like, that's an extremely athletic move. That's what I'm trying to work up to. I said, thanks, man. Mm -hmm. He left. I looked at her. She goes, I won't argue anymore. (laughs) So having that tribe to bounce ideas off of Mm -hmm. makes a big difference. But people also have to understand that when your body changes, your mind map doesn't change yet because you don't see those things. You could start to develop this shelf on your on your uh, glutes and you don't even see it. You're, subconsciously, you're aware because your pants fit different, but you don't see it yet until somebody points it out. And then when they point it out, you're like, oh, now I'm aware of it, right? Or if you're losing body fat, you could be in a, um, you could just be looking at everything from a frame of reference and you'd be like, oh, I've, but I still feel uncomfortable. I'm still fat, right? But it's all frame of reference. You have to look at it like an artist and say, Oh, but the measurements tell me different. The strength tells me different. Maybe I need to challenge the way I'm looking at myself. And I would say 99% of the people that I've ever trained have been in that situation at one point or another as they've gone through transformation. Have you seen the same? Oh, yeah. I still, I mean, I still struggle with that. Um, Especially when I first started, like really training lower body. When I first started, it was a quick, like, when you go from not working out at all to all of a sudden, you know, moving and training and, you know, there's that beginners where you just kind of that muscle just grows. Yeah. It grows faster. It grows a lot faster. Sure. Yep. So you really see in the first couple of months, you see a big change and then it slows down. Right. So that I, I did see that, but then it's, it's at those times when, you know, you're just putting in the work and, and it takes time. It's, you know, it's, you gotta be patient. And so there were plenty of times, even now where I'm like, am I growing? Am I stagnant? What's happening? Like, is it yeah. like, even the other day, I'm like, Steve, I think it's time to cut. Then I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to. I want to keep growing. Wait, no, but I need to cut. Like, I just was like having this argument and you're just looking at me and I'm standing in front of you arguing with myself and you're all this existential crisis. Yeah. You're all, yeah. Well, whatever you want to do, I'll help. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. That helps. And then yeah. walked away. Like it was so funny, but um, yeah, we all deal with that. And, and especially like now, sometimes it's especially now because like I'm known as the queen and queen of glutes. Right. So it's like there's that added pressure of like I feel like I always need to have like this the queen of glutes, like yeah, very right. large, like noticeable glutes, and and that's not I I worked for those, like I built my glutes. Right. So you know, building those, those can also they change, you know, like they're not always, always there. It's always changing. Your body always your body fluctuates. Is always changing. And yeah. you're not always going to be in this season, especially like women who 
want to be cut 24 seven. That's yeah. not, that's not, not healthy. That's not realistic. Like right. there's seasons and that's yep. okay. And so, um, I even deal with that where I'm like, I mean, there was a time where I only wanted to be so lean that I had like a six pack and for women, like that's not, that's not the healthiest. No, and, you know, I, I even like, I lost my period because I was wanting to be so lean and wanting yeah. this six pack and, and it just, that's not realistic. But so, destroys your hormone. Oh, it totally profile. does. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It significantly hampers yes. you. Yeah. yeah, it does. And so, and so there, there are times where, you know, you go through these phases and you're, it's just it's hard. Yeah. And, and so for me, yeah, I have definitely seen that. And especially, you know, I just have to remind myself, like, it's, it's okay. There's always seasons. And just because I can, you know, we work towards these goals. It's okay to have other goals too. And it's okay to constantly have your goals changing and moving and challenge yourself. And yeah. So. Yeah. The goal, I think it, whatever we do in life, it should be goal oriented. Yeah, right? for sure. But I think one of the most important things, and you just referenced this is that it's when we change goals, we also need to change how we track those goals. Yeah. Right. Totally. I can't tell you how many people just go off of the amount of gravitational pull that they have. Yes. Oh my gosh, my weight changed. That well, little box. That yeah. Just... Okay, take a laxative and go take a poop and you're yeah. going to feel better. Yeah. You're going to lose weight, but that's not what you're after, right? right? So if you if you break it down, and this is an important thing for people to understand, body weight is mm -hmm. just the amount of weight that gravity is pulling on you right? Mm -hmm. There's no moral value to it, right. right? Nothing. You're not a good person or a bad person if you're heavier right. or lighter. Um, you then peel it back and say, well, what do most people want? Well, most people want to look leaner. They mm -hmm. want to be stronger. They want to have more shape to it. Okay. So then we're breaking it down to two different components, your lean mass, which for by and large, we're just talking about muscle, right? right. You have other lean tissue in your body, your bone, your organs, your ligaments. We're not trying to build ligaments, that are, you know, bulky, right? Mm -hmm. That so it's it's muscle. So it's muscle and then fat. Well, when you think about that's another layer of measurement. Okay, can I measure what my body composition is? Am I increasing in my muscle? Am I decreasing in my body fat? Again, that's another tool. It's another layer of measurement. It's not the only thing. Oftentimes, we get stronger before we actually see change in muscle, right? Biologically, that's that's the way it works. We get stronger typically because we're increasing the neural drive to the muscle. And you're not necessarily going to increase the size of the muscle at first. Now, over time, you can increase the size of the muscle, but the muscle just gets stronger because of your increased neurological activity. So even when you're breaking it down to body comp, you can't just break it down to body comp. You have to say, okay, well, now I got to go a layer deeper. What else do I track? Well, track your strength, track the lifts that you're doing, rotate through the different lifts that you're doing and say, okay, what are my high points? And a high point doesn't mean that I have to max out every single time, but it's what can you do for the rep ranges that you're going after? So if you're trying to get a hip thrust and you typically are working in a six to 12 repetition range, well, what can you do for six reps? What's, what's your high point on your six reps, right? So tracking the weight, tracking the, the reps and tracking your strength overall, I think is an important thing. Do you agree? Oh, totally. Yeah. That's a huge part of it too, because especially, I mean, depending on your goals, if it's, 
a certain way you want to look or whatever, you know, that's going to change, but really being able to follow your lifts, like you said, the scale is going to go up and down. That's normal, completely normal. You can, there's so many factors, Yeah. but I think really measuring your strength, that's where you're going to see like, okay, am I going in the direction that I want to go or do I need to shift some things? Am I not eating enough? Or, um, cause I noticed when, you know, if I'm in a, in a cut, I still should have that strength. Yep. I, yep. I should not be going down in strength. Right. So if you're doing the cut the right way. The cut the right way. Right. But there's been times earlier when I was, you know, just trying to figure it out and my strength, oh my gosh, I would lift, I would get through two exercises and be like, I can't do this. Yeah. And I knew, I knew at that point, like, I'm not getting enough. I don't have enough energy. Yeah. Like, I'm not eating enough. Food. Not enough I'm calories. Not, not enough not calories. Food. Yeah. And so, um, I think that's a huge, really beneficial to look at your, to track, make sure you're tracking your lifts. It's huge. And it can be such a great tool to help you figure out where you're at as far as what your goals are and the progress that you're making. Yeah. Track it. And then also like, be proud of it for heaven's yeah. sakes. Like take oh, yeah. a, take a pause and just look at it. Right. You know, it, most people believe that you get worse with age, that at a certain point, whatever the magic number is, 40, 45, 50, that you go downhill. And that's just not the case. At 47 years old, I'm stronger and leaner than I've right. ever been. And that's not to say that I was just some guy who was not active before. Mm -hmm. You know, I've done a lot of fun and cool stuff in my life. Yeah. Um, everything from climbing mountains to, uh, you know, I mean, you name it. I've been out there doing it. I learned how to snowboard when I was 30 years old. I'd never snowboarded before, yeah. but I had a friend of mine uh, who challenged me. He's like, Hey, just come up to the resort. I'm here. I'll teach you. And so I committed and I said, I'm going to get 50 days on the resort on the mountain. Mm -hmm. And I am not going to go back to my skis. I'm just going to learn how to snowboard. And I did. And I learned how to snowboard and I've never gone back. I did that at 30 years old, right. Or in my mid thirties. Yeah. And you can get better with age. That's the reality. I think I've told this story before on the podcast, uh, but I'm going to tell it again because I think it's so powerful. So a few years back, I was sitting on a bike next to a friend of mine. And at the time he was in his early eighties and I had injured my knee by doing something stupid. Uh, he was rehabbing an issue with a hip and he had just had surgery to remove some cancer. And this is a guy that for his whole life has been active, right? He's 80 plus years old. And I looked at him, I said, how do you feel being on the bike? He's like, it, with his gruff, gravelly voice, I hate it. I, doctors tell me I need to be here for six more weeks. I may give him one. <laughs> and then he leans over, he goes, you want to see something? Pulls his phone out and shows me a video. Here are people snowboarding, just bombing down this mountain in the middle of Patagonia in Argentina. You had to get helicoptered to the top. And then you're bombing down. He goes, you see who the first one is? That's me. Oh, my God. Then he points to the next guy. You see who the next guy is? That's Laird Hamilton. And for our listeners who don't know who Laird Hamilton is, probably one of the top big wave surfers in the world mm -hmm. ever, right? Married to Gabby Reese, like one of the most fit guys in the world. Mm -hmm. And then he looks at me and he goes, everybody else behind us, 20 and 30 years old. 80-year-old so awesome. guy bombing down the mountain. And I, I asked him, I said, how do you do it? He goes, I work out every day. 
and I never stop. Like, thus, you're on the bike right now. Yeah. We don't have to go backwards because of some age, mm -hmm. because of a life event, right? You've had two kids. That's a, those are massive life events. Um, our, earlier on the uh, on our Instagram today, we highlighted a former guest who's actually going to be coming back on as a guest, uh, Nicole Johnson, who just achieved a top 10 placing in the Masters Olympia. Nicole's had, I don't even know what it is, like five or seven kids. Mm -hmm. And one of them, if you look at the picture of when she had her her twins, I just, I I, I can't even imagine carrying twins. Oh, yeah. Like the, the way that the belly stuck out, I was like, wow. Then you see her on stage at the age that she's at with all of those kids, life event and age and wisdom. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So anybody can do anything, right? As we continue to push forward and we track our progress, we watch the weight, we watch the body fat, we watch the lean muscle, we watch the strength. What else do you tell people to track? Oh, I think, um, did we mention uh, like measurements? Did we throw measurements in, pictures, measurements? You know, well, we talked about uh, pictures and measurements, but let's talk more about it. Yeah. Why, why is that so important and, and how do you recommend people do it? I just recommend, um, you know, I tell my clients because sometimes they can get a little um, obsessive about it. So just, you know, same time in the morning on the same day of the week, yep. just measure. And, uh, you know, I teach them. I always make sure I teach them. And we have, you know, I, I usually send them like a visual or a video of me just showing them yeah. the placements, how to measure from your knee, like we're at up. And um and so they just do it once a week and they send it to me and, you know, it's a great way to see where you're heading as far as progress, you know, especially with like, um, cause I'm a macro coach as well. And so measurements are a huge way because like we said, the scale isn't always reliable. It right. depends how hydrated you are. If you had a big meal the night before, yeah. like if you need to go to the bathroom, all of that kind of stuff, but measurements are pretty, are a great tool. Um, so we use, I use measurements a lot and then they can really, even if with pictures, sometimes they still can't see it. Yeah. Like I can see it and they'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, buddy, you can't see that. Like, yeah, I remember that happened with one yeah. of the, um, yes. I think it was Megan, right? Yes. One of the Megans that had sh shot you over a picture. You shot it to me. You said, look at this. I'm like, yes. wow. And she was like, oh, I'm going to, that's not great. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's the, sh amazing. the shape of the glutes had totally it's, transformed. It looks like we, it literally looks like we photoshopped it. We did, yeah. but it looked like we did because it was just such a good, amazing transformation. And then after others saw it, and after yeah. you and I talked to her about it, she's like, oh, now maybe I do. So, well, and my husband did say, and then after that, it was, oh, and I am riding the Logan to Jackson and I am stronger on my bike. Yeah. Like, Okay, okay, so let's just stop this counting. Exactly. Okay, so photos, measurements. Yeah, photo measurements, great way, because even like I was saying, it, they might not see it in the pictures, but, you know, the numbers don't lie on yep. measurements. Yep. So um, that's a great tool. And so I, I really like, I like that a lot. And then just going by how they're feeling, mm -hmm. you know, how their body, because your body's going to tell you, your body's going to let you know. Our bodies are so incredibly smart. And our bodies want to be working at its prime. Yeah. So I, we just go off of how are you sleeping? You know, are you waking up throughout the night? Okay. We need to up your calories. Mm -hmm. You're not sleeping well. There's so many different ways that your body will let you know, you know, whether you're on the right track or not, or whether you need more, you need more 
fuel, you need more calories, that kind of thing. So, um, listening to your body. And I think that also helps people are so fast paced and so busy yeah. that it's easy to just, to not be in tune with your own body. And you're so used to just feeling like crap all the time Yeah. and be, and you're so busy and lack of sleep. So it really, I think it's a great tool to be like, okay, we're going to focus on getting, trying. Cause it's not always realistic for everyone, but trying to get eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's do that first. Right. <laughs> let's get some right. sleep. Um, it's kind of like, you know, the pyramid that you talk about as far as like with, your lifestyles. Yeah. Your base. It's right. the base. Like even with, um, one of the Megan's when she was just like, I cannot lose body fat. Like I'm in a deficit. I'm doing all of these things. And you just get your little pen and paper and draw that, you know, that triangle. Yeah. You're like, right. How much are you sleeping? She's all, yeah. Not. Well, I work all night long. I go until like two or yeah. three in the morning. I was yeah. like, holy shit. Yes. And yeah. we're like, okay, well, maybe let's start there. Yeah. Cause your hormone profile oh, is yeah. off. You, right. when you, and for our listeners who maybe are finding this for the first time, if you haven't heard this before, you don't know this. When you don't sleep well, there are two main hormones that you are playing Russian roulette with leptin and ghrelin. These are your hunger and satiety hormones. When these two hormones get off, you feel less satisfied with food and you feel more hungry. So lack of sleep doesn't make you gain or lose weight, but lack of sleep causes leptin and ghrelin to be off, which will cause you to eat more, not realize you're eating more, not feel satisfied, have poor energy, and then it just becomes that cascade effect. The other thing too is when when any hormone is off, it can cause a cascade effect for everything else. When we talk about testosterone, estrogen, estradiol, all of the different components of healthy, you know, baseline hormones, mm-hmm. it starts with sleep. Sleep is the most powerful thing. So yeah. getting that sleep in makes all the difference in the world. She started to sleep better, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And that's when, you know, she started losing in her waistline. Mm-hmm. She started growing in her glutes. She was feeling more powerful her because she's a big cycler, like you were saying. Her writing became, she became stronger. Like everything just started to change once she made that tweak. And for some, it's not an easy tweak. Like that's a really big thing to work on. Yeah, it's a skill. You have to learn how to get to bed. We're not a society that practices good sleep hygiene. Yes, not at all. So, but yeah, it's a huge, it was just, it was so funny when she realized that and was like, it clicked. Yeah. So it makes such a big difference. I think once your lifestyle is there mm-hmm. and you've got these ways of tracking and one thing I, you referenced it earlier that I would, I want to make sure that our listeners understand this. There's not one metric that you need right. to be. You're all in metric mm-hmm. that you get so hyped up about. So excited about, I call it the fallen sock theory, right? Um, I joke with my older oldest brother because um, as the story goes, when he was young and he was walking to school, he'd get halfway down the block and his socks would fall down and he would come home crying. And then, you know, he'd go back and my mom would pull the socks up and then same thing happened multiple times. And focusing on that one thing of the socks fell down, uh, really inhibited his happiness as a, as a very young child. And uh, I think inhibited him getting to school on time, Mm -hmm. but the fallen sock theory is something that's applied in every aspect of life. People that get fixated on one thing and it has to change and it has to change in this time, right? The one thing you can never predict is time. How long will it take me? 
well, let me give you the best answer. How long will it take you to lose weight? How long will it take you to gain strength? Just throw the time component out. Right. It doesn't matter. Because the one thing I can tell you after almost a quarter of a century of coaching people is when you reach your goal, you feel exactly the same, mm -hmm. exuberant, proud, confident. And so if you fill those feelings and more six months from now or nine months from now, it doesn't matter. The only thing that time matters is that when you get to that point, if it took you a little bit more time than what you thought, guess what you feel? More exuberant, more proud, more confident because you had to work a little bit harder, right? right? right. Don't focus on the time. Yeah. Time is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we haven't talked about is the average person gained three inches. The average person lost half an inch in their waistline. The average person is now hip thrusting over 300 pounds, right? So when they did this, though, losing that half an inch, um, you didn't put them on a calorie deficit, right? Nope. We actually had them eating in a surplus. Yeah. So that was the coolest thing is a lot of them, a lot of them came in under eating. Cause a lot of them, you know, they're so they're busy. And I think women in general, not just women, but it is more, it's very least, common. It's very common. Yeah. We're just afraid of carbohydrates. We're afraid of yep. food. We're afraid of, it's just this mentality, the mentality that you always have to be in a deficit. Yeah. Eat small, be small yes. is the idea. Yes. Yeah. And so, cause I calculated everyone's macros and when I showed them, I gave them their calories. They were like, my gosh. Yeah. That's a lot of food. And it's like, well, we're only 10% above maintenance. So you should technically, you should be eating at maintenance. And that was like a huge number for them. So I'm like, okay, so we're going to work our way up. They were feeling so much better. Yeah. Energy, vitality, oh, energy, everything yep. they, and even to the point where they're like, I feel like I'm a better mom because I'm not as snappy with my kids. Mm -hmm. I'm more patient. Like they could just see it in every aspect of their life. Like, you know, by the time bed bedtime came around, you know, they weren't just like, go to bed, leave me alone. Like I'm so yeah. tired. Drained of it. Yes. Just drained. drained. of emotion. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, it was really cool. We have them in a surplus and they were eating so much more and just feeling so much better and stronger. And they were, they were actually loving it. Like I, when I first went into a surplus, the first time I started to build, I, I was terrified because I had been at, at one point, this was before I knew a lot before I became certified and did all of this. I had, I hired someone and I didn't do a ton of research in hiring them. I, they were just Instagram. Oh yeah. Yeah. You yeah, told yeah. me about this. This yeah. is shocking. And yeah, <laughs> under I was a little bit under thirteen hundred calories. So I was in the twelve hundred range. That's crazy. I'm I'm five almost five eight. Yeah. And so I'm not like five foot tall. I'm you know, I'm pretty tall for you know a woman and and so I just it was rough. It was really hard. It, and so like And not only that, you were at how much uh how many grams of fat were you eating? Oh, oh yeah. I was eating like thirty. I think around 30 grams of fat, That's which so crazy, which for women, especially for your hormones. Oh, it's, oh, it's you so you cannot support healthy hormones. No. And that's when I thing. lost my period. That's when yeah. I like, oh, I felt horrible. I felt so awful, but I was obviously, I mean, I wasn't eating. So I was getting smaller and, but not 
I wasn't building muscle. It was, yeah, it was just, it was a learning lesson. I definitely learned. And that's yeah, when I was like, right. maybe I need to figure out for myself and not just trust someone on Instagram, but you know, really do the research. And that's when I kind of started falling in love with macros and all of that. But, um, so yeah, it's, it, it's, it was really cool to see them though, you know, go into this build being so scared of the calories and because, like I said, I'd been there myself and then just being like, why was I ever afraid of this? This is incredible. Yeah, this is so great. Like I'm eating more and I'm actually shrinking in the places I want to shrink, but building in the places I want to build. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, you know, when you get your nutrition dialed in the right way, oh, yeah. it's almost the opposite of what you think, because we've been taught in our society to eat in a uh, diet culture mm -hmm. concept, constantly be in a diet, constantly be, right. right? So there's this culture around shame, around food and fear of food. The other day, somebody asked me this question said, well, Steve, you, your company's called Evolve. Why do you call it Evolve? What's the, what's the whole, you know, idea or purpose behind that? What's, why is your podcast called Evolve? I said, well, because what we teach you is how to evolve, right. not just make a transformation because what you said of eating 1300 calories and going down to 30 grams of fat you're going to lose some weight you're going right. to feel like shit, oh, yeah. and then you're going to bounce back mm -hmm. there's nothing evolutionary about that right you evolve when you learn the skills to change something in your life and then keep it right, right? It, when you can keep that thing and not keep in terms of okay i'm now at this percentage of body fat and it never changes but you now have knowledge and skill right. so that you can make the changes that you want to make, right? So when a client learns a skill, when they learn how to lift well, when they learn the technique of what does it take to go from 135 pound hip thrust up to two, up to three, up to four, there's technique involved. That can never be taken from them. That's an evolution, right? When they now have the experience of eating within certain caloric range and certain macronutrient profile, they now feel better. Mm -hmm. They have that skill. They don't have, they never have to go back. Right. And so ongoing, we evolve by developing the skills, shifting the mindsets, adjusting what we're all about by practicing these things and becoming better. Like, I mean, could you imagine waking up one day and just being like, eh, I'm going to go down to 1200. I'm not going to lift. I'm going to become the queen of cardio right it's ridiculous to yeah. think about right you've already evolved past it you know i i said to somebody the other day i'm like uh could you ever imagine me going to a soda shop and filling up on a big soda and you know like uh sugar cookies no like <laughs> that's the idea of evolution right it's not that i don't enjoy yeah. sweets or treats or whatever but there's just a point where younger me Right. College age me used to stop by the 7-Eleven on the way up the canyon and get a huge Dr. Pepper and two chocolate donuts. And then we'll go climbing Dunford. and then I would come down and do the same thing. Yeah. The mm -hmm. Dunford Donuts. Dunford right. Chocolate, you chocolate, know, yeah, you're yeah. speaking my language. Oh, yeah. And I'd have four or five chocolate donuts <laughs> and huge things of uh, Dr. Pepper or some right. days I mix it up and went Mountain Dew. And that was my life. I'd climb. I'd go to work, I'd go to school, and I was uh, living off of caffeine and sugar. Yeah. I'd never go back to that, right? I've evolved past that. Mm -hmm. I love how I feel. I love how I look. And there's just a point of evolution. And I think that's one of the most important things that 
at least for me, takes the fear away because I know fear drives a lot of people. People are fearful of eating more. People are fearful of, well, what if I go back? Well, you know how to get here. Right. Why would you ever go back? Yeah. It's not to say that life doesn't get busy and you don't get pulled in this direction or that direction, but you know that if you went from 135 pound hip thrust mm -hmm. to 405, uh, the idea of going back makes no sense. You already know how to go there. So you've already evolved. Right. You've evolved your thinking. You've evolved your skill set. You will never be the same, right? right? Right. And as a coach, I feel like I know there's some coaches that I've seen along the way that, you know, are so worried about, you know, their client. They want their client to always depend on them. Yeah. But for that. us, I hate that because our whole goal, we want to teach our clients. We want them yep. to not rely on us and to be able to do this on their own. If my client, if they didn't learn those skills and they didn't learn the right techniques for lifting and, you know, nutrition and all that, then I'm, I don't feel like I'm doing my job. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. Yeah. I never want them to have to rely on me. I want them to be confident and to learn those skills so that you know, they don't always have to rely on me yep. and they have the confidence to do it themselves. Yeah. That's my whole goal. I, I'm right there with yeah, you. Yeah. You're the I, same way. It dawned on me that at some point in my life, when I asked that, um, that big ethereal question that mm -hmm. I think everybody gets to at a certain point of like, what's your purpose in life? When I asked that question, the thing that came back to me, you know, the, the, the universe is, you know, spiritual, like connection of this is what your purpose is. The echo back from the universe, I always call it is that I'm here on this earth to help millions of people transform their lives. Well, millions isn't like 10 that I just keep coaching over and over right. and over and over again with the same yes. stupid things, right? Yes. Okay, remember, go to bed on time. It's literally millions. And so in order to do that, I have to teach you things that help you to evolve, right? right? And that's the whole genesis of what we coach and what we teach. Mm -hmm. And that that's my challenge for listeners, for clients is, learn the skills right. you you should if you're doing things right understand the the mechanism you know i tell my clients all the time i don't need you to be an expert in the body but i need you to be an expert in your body right so you need to learn how your body responds mm -hmm. what are the foods that work well for you what are the foods that don't like we talked about this earlier right <laughs> you got snuck some food last night that oh yeah yep i got i got glutened as i call it <laughs> <laughs> which was celiac that's Horrible. Yeah, it's the worst. It's so bad. So yeah. Every once in a while I get soyed. Yeah, uh, yeah, you get soyed. When I get soyed. when I get something with soy or soy lectin, it's like yeah. oh. Oh, it's the worst. My joints ache. And I know it that's it. Yeah. Because I know my body and I've tested things out. Right. I know exactly that's when I get soyed, I know how I feel. It's horrible. Yeah. Right. Right. So you don't have to become an expert in the body, but you do have to become an expert in your body. Shelby, I want to come back real quick to this idea of uh, body dysmorphia mm -hmm. or dysmorphic thinking, which is essentially we look at the morphology, the shape of the body, and the dis part of it means that it's not necessarily true. It's skewed. We see something that's different than what's in the mirror, or we see something that's different than what other people see. Now, this, we all struggle with this. I still uh, struggle with this from time to time where I'll look at myself and I'm like, oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. And then one day I have to wake up and say, oh, wait a minute. I'm doing that thing again. How do you coach people to get them away from dysmorphic thinking, from 
being stuck in their old thought, their old picture, their old paradigm. Yeah. Well, I think too, just even looking at those old pictures and I've done this before where I'm just like, okay, so you might not love what you're seeing, but you're still, you're still that same person and you were beautiful then as well. And your body is still amazing. Our bodies are amazing. So I, I'm like, pick out five things from the old, the old you that you love or that you think is really great. Mm -hmm. And so we'll go through that. And I'm like, see, like, this isn't people will see old pictures and they're like, Oh, that's so like, I look disgusting. I'm like, no, 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 you don't look disgusting. It's just not where you want it to be. Yeah. It's not, not, nobody's disgusting. And so I just, Oh, I saw a guy the other day that really disgusted me, but anyway, well, there, you know, there's the occasional, but I just don't ever want them thinking of themselves in that way. And so we'll go through and try to, you know, well, and they'll be like, Oh, well, you know, I still like, I did still like my arms or like my, my legs or whatever. So, so we'll go over that and that kind of stuff. And then I'm like, okay, so you weren't disgusting and you're not disgusting now. And look at like, look at the transformation you've made. This is incredible. They may still in their mind, see who they were, mm-hmm. but I think that the whole transformation as look at how much you've learned, look at how much strength you've gained. Yeah. Look at that body that you're looking at the picture, the before picture could not hip thrust 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. So there's clearly been changes clearly. And so we just talk it through. I mean, I'm guilty of it even. And I think a big yeah, thing, we for all me, struggle. yeah, we all struggle yeah. with it. A big thing for me was once I, my daughter started getting a little bit older, um, just the thought of like her ever talking about herself like that mm-hmm. because she, to me she's perfect mm-hmm. like she's so perfect and so just the thought of her ever being down on herself like that is heartbreaking and so of course if she hears me talk about myself then and people here's the thing too is a lot of people are like oh you look just like your mom you look like your mom so if she hears me say like oh i hate this about myself or yeah. i see this and oh that's like you she's like wait but people tell me I look like you. So are you saying I look like that? And I think it just starts like even from six, seven, eight years old as a little girl, like you're always watching your mom and you're always like to a little six year old, your mom is perfect and Mm -hmm. she's beautiful. Right. And, and so for me, that's when I kind of was like, well, I never, I never want her to feel that way about herself because I think she's perfect. And so I try every morning, I try to like, especially on mornings that I'm feeling really like you know, bad about myself or whatever. I just try, I look in the mirror and I'm like, no, like, this is awesome. Like, like I can hip thrust 500 pounds. That's so incredible. Like I'm a badass. Like, you know, obviously we're going to, there's going to be little things about ourselves that we don't love, but it's like, that doesn't define me. Like, that's not me. And honestly, I see those little things, but nobody else does. Yeah. That's the thing. Nobody else see it, sees it. And I used to be like, oh, I don't really want to get in the pool. I don't want to wear the swimsuit. I don't want to do this. But nobody cares. Nobody's looking at you being like, oh, you know, Shelby just had a baby and look, she has an extra 40 pounds on her. Like you're in your own head. You're nobody cares. Nobody cares. Just go have fun. Get in the pool with your kids. Have fun. Like wear the bikini if you want to. And like, I always wanted to, and I never felt like confident enough to do that. And finally I'm like, I'm like, I don't care. 
like I think I look great and then I'm like I put it on and I'm like wow I look great and I feel great like yeah it's yeah. just you just sometimes you just have to walk yourself through that and really just mentally try to get out of that dark because you're the only one who's seeing that mm -hmm. most of the time like you're the only one and if people are seeing it it's because they have I mean that's something they need to figure out with their therapist because that's right. their issue that's right. not your right. issue that's theirs yeah so yeah, and we all go through that. And I think it's important to have other people around mm -hmm. yeah. that can gauge and can say, uh, yeah, probably time to check your head because that's not, yes. you're, you're not there. Right. So I want to give our listeners a few different tips. So obviously, number one, have other people, have coaches, yes. have family, have yeah. friends, get feedback mm -hmm. from them. Number two, track your measurements, but track a lot of different things. Yes. You're never going to see constant and consistent changes in weight. You're never going to see constant and consistent changes in strength. Like right. none of these things are linear. When you track multiple things, then you have a lot of yeah. tools to look at. Take photos. One of the things that I've found over the years that's extremely beneficial is if you have a smartphone, you can set that smartphone up on a tripod, you hit the video. And then you go stand and you, when you're sitting there or when you're standing there with the video going, you can go through different poses. Mm -hmm. Then you can go back through the video, pause it, take your screenshots. Those are your before or the, your progress pictures, right? And that, that's a great technique and a great tool. The other thing is doing an inventory. Write down, like you said, what are the things that have changed? Like, what are the high points? I love how you said, no, 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 I'm, I'm hip thrusting almost 500 pounds. That's mm -hmm. pretty cool. What, yeah. what mom can do that? Right. So I do the same thing every once in a while. If I'm starting to feel down, I think, oh, okay. Well, I'm a 47 year old dad that keeps abs all year long and I can do pull ups with at least 45 pounds yeah. wrapped around my waist. So there's that. Mm -hmm. And having an inventory of things that you can go back to, having an inventory of things that you can tap into during those times where maybe you're questioning your progress or your worth or whatever it is, I think is an extremely important thing. And then the last one is just get body aware. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a big thing, but truly journal. Yeah. Write things down. Pay attention to how you feel. You know, um, I'm a big fan. Do you ever watch uh, uh, Ridiculousness <laughs> on MTV? It's my favorite. My kids oh, always make fun, yes. of, fun of me. Yes. Whenever we travel, like I will, if we're in a hotel room, that's all I watch. Mm -hmm. I just pop it on. Cause there's always ridiculousness on. Oh, yeah. oh. Rob is one of my favorite people. He's incredible. In fact, if I could ever, like, I'm not a uh, celebrity type of guy. I don't really care, but he's a guy I would love to just sit down and talk oh, to because yeah. he's so fascinating yes. and his podcast build with Rob. Um, he talks about how he tracks his life and what that looks like. And every morning he gets up and asks himself a question of how do I feel about work life and, and uh, happiness. And then he gives himself a, a rating or a grade from that rating or a grade. He logs that. And then he goes back and looks at what the average rating or grade is over the past month, year, quarter, you know, and I started doing that. And it was fascinating as I started to do that. I'd wake up in the morning, sit down, I start journaling. And I find that, you know, some days are higher, some days are lower, but in general, my life continue, continues to crescendo. And so being aware of your emotions, having emotional nuance, having emotional intellect where you've got breadth and depth of emotional awareness and, and uh, maturity, but then also just being body aware, 
is so powerful. That's a tool. That's a thing that no one can take from you. And then finally, the last one that I would say is set big goals and just go after them. Yeah. Just go big because when you're doing big things, when you're going after big goals, you just have a sense of pride. Mm -hmm. The effort itself makes you feel better. Even if you can't hip thrust 300 pounds right now, mm -hmm. but that's your goal. Going after it will make you better and it will make you feel better mm -hmm. because you're going after something that's bigger than yourself. And I've always said, you got to have at least one goal in life that's larger than what you can currently imagine, right? You and I sat down one day and as we were talking about this dream glute guide and, you know, we're crafting this thing and, hey, it'd be fun to do this. Let's get it out there. And we said, oh, you know what? What if we could sell 10,000 of these? What would that look like to have 10,000 people transform their lives? And so that became the big goal, right? And at the time we'd sold zero because it was just created. Yeah. And then we sold a couple to family members mm -hmm. and then a couple more and then a couple more. And every day as we're texting back and forth, like, hey, we got this number. Hey, we got that number. Hey, we got this, these, these number of people. Hey, have you seen this? It's so cool. But the 10,000 is so far out there mm -hmm. that it almost seems unachievable. And that's what's so great about it. Right. Right. So our listeners should, li should take a cue from that, that when you set a goal that's larger than what you can imagine, what happens is now your body kicks in, your brain kicks in to solve that bigger problem. And you'll find solutions that are bigger yeah. than who you can currently are. Right. Yeah. That's well, I think we've had a, a fun conversation today and it's been cool to celebrate some of the amazing things we've seen, yeah. uh, primarily from this, you know, hybrid group that we worked mm -hmm. with uh, a little bit in person and a little bit online. And we're seeing amazing results continue to come in uh, with the, the Dream Glute Guide and people that are using it. I, I want to challenge our listeners, if they're listening to this, if you are uh, a woman listening to this, if anything resonated with you, hold on to that one thing. And for the first two weeks of September, we decided we're not trying to make money off of this. We're, we just want to help a lot of people. So we literally dropped the price. We talked, I ran the numbers and I said, here's what our absolute cost is to host people on our platform, to pay for the processing fees of the credit card and whatever. So we're literally giving it to people at our cost. And that is our gift to the world that we want to do because we want to get 10,000 people on this. And we feel like that if we've got 10,000 people that can transform their lives for better by improving their confidence, developing their glutes, then that's the payday, right? Mm -hmm. yep. And so for the first two weeks of September, we've thrown it out there, 90% discount, literally at our cost. If you jump on and you get the glute, the dream glute guide. You can download the app. You'll be able to track your workouts in the app, track your progress, all the things we talk mm -hmm. about, the weight, the measurements, the photos, all that can be tracked in the app. One place for you to go to, to watch your progress. And you get access to you yeah. and to me yeah. for questions. If anything comes up, if you have challenges, how do I modify? We're there for you. So that's our gift to our listeners. We want to see so many people joining us on this journey because we love seeing the confidence. Yeah. Like yeah. I got to say, I was in doing my hip thrust this morning and I was putting on some extra weight to test what I could do today. And I thought, Oh, 
that was so inspiring to watch and to continue to hear stories of mm -hmm. people who are hitting these new high points that I threw on an extra 10 on each side yeah. and went above what I've ever done before Awesome, because of the inspiration that I felt from the people that have been doing this guide. So it's just this amazing reciprocation of energy. We want that out there at a very high level. Shelby, did we miss anything? No, I think we got it all. I mean, yeah, it was so fun to see them. And like you said, we just loved it so much. We just want to give it, just give that knowledge and that confidence to everyone. So yeah. Mm -hmm. probably never going to get rich off of this, but, but you know what? We're changing lives. Yeah. That's what it's about. That's the most important that's thing. That's the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. If we can, if we can help to change lives, yes. that's, I, I think that's why we got into this yes. business. Exactly. Well, and on that note, folks, we want to uh, thank you uh, for listening to this episode of the Evolve podcast. Shelby, thanks for coming in and being, being the first guest in the updated studio. Thank yeah. you. Love what, it. What a fun it's conversation. Yeah, thank you. We've we had a lot of uh, work and a lot of help from a lot of really uh, amazing people, and uh, I, frankly, some of those are my kids, which <laughs> well, they are pretty amazing. awesome. They, they are, amazing. are absolutely amazing. They are. Uh, so, our, our to our listeners, thank you again for uh, listening to the podcast. And if you have any questions, you know that you can find us on Instagram. You can find us at uh, evolve-cast.com on the web. Uh, Shelby Castleton Fit, I believe, is the handle on Instagram. I am Steve Cutler underscore on all of my platforms. And so if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. We would love to help to guide you along the journey. Well, Shelby, I think uh, we we wouldn't be true Ute fans if we didn't say, hey, go Utes go today. Utes. And uh, evolutionaries, remember, it does take time and consistency to evolve, but first you have to disrupt. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Evolve Podcast. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. And if you haven't done so, please give us a rating. As an independent podcast, it really helps us get more reach. This podcast is part of our mission to help millions of people evolve into the best versions of themselves. Please check out our coaching services at evolve-cast.com or pick up some of our Evolve merch. Until next time, keep evolving.